Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, what's up? Middle of the week, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad, thank you for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studios. Pearl River Resort, it's the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. That's the spot where you can get into the action. Or if you're there tonight, you can get into the action. It's the sports book. At the Golden Moon Casino, part of Pearl River Resort. You want to be a part of the conversation? Join us, won't you? Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business, backed by world-class IT experts who live right where you do, here in Ceasefire Country. Check them out online, ceasefire.com slash business. Hey, Dad, you look like you are in a great level of consternation for those who are watching on uh, Super Talk TV. The, what are you studying? The Chelsea's are playing. He is correct. I thought you just played. Chelsea, Manchester City. Man, it's got to feel good for your Blues to get back on the field so quickly to try and get that awful taste out of their mouth. I bet they're still spitting cannonball ash out of their throat. (laughs) Well, this isn't the third round of the Carabao Cup here, so normally in the third round of the Carabao Cup you get to play somebody out of League Two or, you know, somebody way down the football pyramid. Chelsea got Manchester City, so Mm. great. Uh, How's it going? Nil-nil, about uh, 40 minutes to go. Well, why do you have such consternation? It's not like you're trailing. It's City, and I know it's coming. Mmm. Mmm. I do realize that cannonball ash out of the back of your throat may not have been the best way to describe it, but, you know, boom, go the cannons and gunners and all that good stuff. Michael Borky, we got a new college football playoff top 25. Is this manufactured excitement or real excitement? No, I love this kind of stuff. I saw somebody that has a show on the SEC Network now, uh, one of those one-day-a-week shows, say it would be better if they just waited till the end of the year before they put a poll out. It's like, dude, you're in the content game. What are you talking about? We need stuff like this. This is great. 
because they did things again last night that they cannot explain because they're putting brands ahead of everything else and they, they can't rationalize it other than that, but they've got to say something else. And so they just talk out of their, you know what, just like they did with TCU last week, docking TCU for being behind in games while simultaneously rewarding Ohio State for comeback mm-hmm. wins. Yeah. And last night, Boo Corrigan said, look, you know, this committee values wins, and TCU's <laughs> got a bunch of them. Yes. I mean, yes, they do. In fact, they have one more than they had this time a week ago. Boo? My, my gripe this week is actually out of the Pac-12. Now, I said on Twitter last night, and I stand by this, I think if Clemson and Ole Miss lined up on Saturday, Ole Miss would win by, I said, two touchdowns. The more I think about it, I think it would be worse. Oof. I've probably watched more Clemson football than every person listening. They are as much fool's gold. For for all the takes about Ole Miss and their schedule and how they're fool's gold or whatever, For if you're a State fan <clears throat> listening and you've said that, Clemson's worse. They are worse. I promise you they're worse. Their offense is atrocious. Quarterback play is bad. Offensive scheme, honestly, is bad. They've got some dudes defensively, some, but not any better than anything that Ole Miss has seen so far this year, including Texas A&M. If they played in the SEC, they would be a 7-5 and football team. My gripe is with the Pac-12, though. Because that's subjective, right? I've watched Clemson play. I've watched Ole Miss play. I think Ole Miss would beat them by a lot, but that's all subjective. Tell me why USC is 8 and UCLA is 12 when they have identical records. USC's loss is a team that UCLA beat, and UCLA has more top 25 wins than USC. Why? And that's the answer, because USC is given the benefit of the doubt because of history and not because of right now. Because right now... It's ancient history. It's not exactly like it's recent history. Oh, true. True. But UCLA's (laughs) only loss is to the number 6 team in America on the road. And again, UCLA beat the team that beat USC. And they have identical records. So... What? Why on earth? Rationalize that for me. I would love to just have the committee sit down and say, tell me why USC is 8 and UCLA is 12. Other than the logo on the helmet, tell me why. Boo Corrigan sounds like the villain in a John Wayne movie. Doesn't it? Like, what? I don't, I don't get out. Who is this guy? Like, where did he come from? I follow college ball pretty close. Is he still at Army? Uh, he's at NC State like, now. This is the guy? This is the, the, the mouthpiece of college football? Come on. Yeah. He was uh, associate AD at Navy, associate AD at Notre Dame, associate AD at Duke, Army AD from 2011 until 2019, and from 2019 until now, the athletics director at NC State, and he is the chair of the college football playoff committee. And I wonder if Luke Corrigan's going... I wonder who we can um, make feel like we've felt in baseball the last couple of years. I mean, you you think about how NC State has been jobbed by the NCAA in baseball in the last couple of seasons, and now you got Boo Corrigan chairing the committee that's putting the football deal together, and it's completely outside the auspices of the NCAA. I don't know. That's an interesting little twist to me. 
I know it doesn't mean anything, but there you go. Here is your college football playoff top 25. Number 25, UW. Washington Huskies coming off a, uh, a win last week against Oregon State. Yeah, Oregon State on Friday night. It was a good win, too. Oregon State salty. Yeah, it, it really was. Number 24, the Kentucky Wildcats. Number 23, the Florida State Seminoles. 22, UCF. Big game for UCF coming up this weekend after uh, going on the road last week and beating Memphis. Number 21, Illinois would be a lot higher, but they had a fairly precipitous fall after their loss last week. Number 20, Notre Dame. Let's pause for a moment, shall we? Notre Dame is ranked number 20. Notre Dame has been pretty good over the last couple of weeks, right? I mean, Borky, they beat that vaunted Clemson team. They beat Syracuse, too, the week before, and Syracuse has kind of fallen off, but still, right, that's right, a good so, win. So, Well, it is, but but to to your line of thinking... Notre Dame has a win against a vastly overrated Clemson team. I'm going reverse order here. A Syracuse team that is trending in the wrong direction. Out of the top 25 entirely now. UNLV, terrible. So that's that's three in a row. Prior to that, they got a loss to Stanford. Who's horrid. After beating BYU in Vegas, Notre Dame lost to Stanford. It's kind of confusing doing this in reverse order. All right, so they got beat 21-10 by Ohio State out of the gate. And then they lost to Marshall in Week 2, so they were 0-2. And they beat Cal, who is very, very, very average by a touchdown. For my money, their best win this year is North Carolina. They went to Chapel Hill and won it 45-32. They beat BYU in Vegas, and then they lost to Stanford. Three straight wins, UNLV, Syracuse, and Clemson. They've got Navy, Boston College, and Southern Cal left. So they're 5-3. and three. Is that right, or are they 6-3? and three? They I'm not giving 6-3. Six six and three. Three. I'm sorry, I'm not giving them enough credit. They're 6-3. Six six and three. Three. It's not a very good Navy team. They played them in Baltimore this week. They'll win that one. That's 7. Boston College is really bad. That's 8. So this is the biggest Notre Dame-Southern Cal game since when? They're playing in Los Angeles on November 26th. Biggest SC Notre Dame, that's what I'm wondering. I can't think of one. Because neither team has been great. Southern Cal's been down, I don't know. Notre Dame's not getting in the playoff, but they could really validate themselves in year one against Marcus Freeman with a win over Southern Cal. But what about the other way? If Notre Dame wins their next two, they're going to be eight and three, and people are going to be making Notre Dame to be out more than they, uh, making them out to be more than they actually are. Could that be the push that Southern Cal needs to potentially get themselves into the playoff? Southern Cal currently at number eight. What a one-loss Southern Cal with a win at the end of the regular season over Notre Dame. Jump a two-loss LSU. Could they jump a one-loss Oregon? 
Of course, if it stays on this path, they'll be playing Oregon in the college football playoff. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, Pac-12 championship game. All right, we made it up to number 20. We'll pick it up when we come back with you. This is Sports Talk. This is sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. And of course, on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations. So, all that said about Notre Dame just a moment ago, you okay with Notre Dame at 20 or are they too high? I mean, they have bad losses. They probably shouldn't be ranked, to be honest with you. They do have bad, I mean, Marshall and a bad Stanford team. Not mm-hmm. even like yeah. bad for a Power Five. They are bad for college football. Bad. Yeah. Couple of good wins. Not good enough to cancel out the two bad losses. But whatever. So Notre Dame gold helmets name brand number twenty. Number nineteen Kansas State. Kleiman's a guy that I was talking about yesterday. He was just winning football games. Mm-hmm. Kansas State hired him, and guess what he started doing at Kansas State? Winning football Winning games. football games. Imagine that. Yeah, great fit there, too. Oh, perfect. Great fit. Number 18, and a team that could make a big jump this week with a win at home, the Texas Longhorns. Should we talk about Texas? They're getting a brand bump as well. I've not found uh, – I like TCU. I think the story's cool. I think the team is fun. I like their quarterback and all that. But I don't really care if they win or lose. This weekend, I am a horned frog, man. I, for, th- there's something about this it, with the fact that they're the underdog and that college game day is going to Austin again and all this stuff. It's all about Texas. Everything's about Texas and all this NIL money and all that. I want TCU to go in there and smoke them. All the hype Texas got this offseason. All the hype that they got after they lost to Alabama, by the way. Remember the takes after they lost a game? Oh, Sark's got them. They're back. They're winning now. I I want them to lose their fourth game of the season to Texas Christian. I want that to happen again. So that's kind of where I was headed with this. Uh... I do not have the hatred that you have for the University of Texas. I know, like, it's a cool thing, right? I mean, to, it's to, not to horn Texas. Down. It's the people, the way college football media talk about Texas is what bothers me. They're fine, whatever. Austin's a cool place. Loved my time there. Here's what doesn't make sense to me. All right, so we got Texas, and I, I realize you got to rank 25 of them, right? I mean, you you got to fill the numbers. You got to fill the slots with somebody. Texas is 18. Texas has a win against ULM. Got a close loss to Alabama. Congrats on the close loss. They beat UTSA. They lost to a very average Texas Tech team. 
They beat a very average to below average West Virginia team. They smoked a very average Oklahoma team. They won by a field goal against a very average to below average Iowa State team. Two weeks ago, they lost to Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Oklahoma State has not won since. And then they had a really good win last week, a touchdown win over Kansas State on the road in Manhattan. By far their best win this season. Unless you count the almost loss, uh, the the almost win against Alabama as their best win, which a lot of people seem to do. Yeah. So that all adds up to six and three. With TCU, Kansas, and Baylor left, there is a world in which Texas goes from six and three to six and six. By the way, I mean, good grief! Texas lost to Kansas when they were Kansas. Not now that they're good Kansas, but when they were like Kansas that we all know. They do get Baylor in Austin the Friday after Thanksgiving. So Texas at 18, Tulane at 17. Don't you know Tulane is like, can we please get a redo on the Southern Miss game? Yeah. If they're undefeated instead of 8-1 and one right now, where are they on this poll? How, how much higher are they? Are they at 13? They're, they're in that range, yeah, for sure. For sure. And what's crazy about that, so Tulane lost a game, get this. Tulane lost a game in which they gave up 194 passing yards, 59 rushing yards, where they had 247 passing yards and 204 rushing yards. They Mm. lost that game. Mm. NC State at 16, obviously they're a different team without Devin O'Leary, or Devin Leary, who was uh, a really good and athletic quarterback. North Carolina at 15. All right. You, you want to start by making your Phil Longo jokes, or do we want to start by no, just talking about no, what they, North Carolina's done? G, Gene Chizik's their problem. It's not offense. They can score, buddy. Drake May finally getting some, some Heisman buzz. Now, they're going to lose somewhere along the way, and, and he's not going to win, but... I saw a draft analyst say that if he was draft eligible, he would be the first quarterback off the board. That's how good he is. It's a, Gene Chizik and, and their defense is the only hang-up with North Carolina. I think they can score on And their defense has anybody. been functional the last... Like, early in the year, it was really bad, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you look at... The, they gave up 35 to Duke, but still won. Only 24 to Pittsburgh... They gave up 28 to Virginia. Here's what's left for North Carolina. You telling me this is impossible to go 3 and 0 and finish 11 and 1? Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, NC State. That's it. Now going to Winston-Salem and facing Wake Forest this weekend, not easy. That's a sneaky good game on Saturday night on ESPN2. And then they get Georgia Tech in Chapel Hill. And then they get NC State in Chapel Hill on the Friday after Thanksgiving. Best guess, North Carolina goes 11 and 1 or 10 and 2. 11 and 1. So you got them beating you got them beating Wake this weekend. Yep. I uh, they'll, they'll 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 give one away. 10 and 2. 
Aren't you just the eternal pessimist? I built a brand on it. So if North Carolina goes 11 and 1 and their only loss this season is to Notre Dame, they're going to the conference championship game to face who? Clemson. Face Clemson. Can North Carolina beat Clemson in the conference championship game? Yes, they can. To get to 12 and 1. Ooh. What do you then do with North Carolina, who currently is 15? North Carolina is not getting in the top four from 15. Man, could you? Should they? I I mean, who's got the better argument? That that's what the commit in this scenario, which is entirely plausible. There are so many of these scenarios that we've done in the past where it's like, you know what? Unlikely, we know who the four teams are going to be. Or we know it's going to be three plus some sacrificial lamb to Alabama. Now, all of these scenarios are plausible, right? North Carolina Mm -hmm. can absolutely win out. No doubt. Does a one-loss Tennessee without a conference championship get in over a 12-1 ACC champion? By the way, do you know what Drake May's numbers are this year? Not off the top of my head, but I know they're stupid good. They're good. He's got five. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. He has 513 yards rushing and four touchdowns and has thrown for 2,964 yards while completing 71% of his passes for 31 touchdowns and three interceptions as a redshirt freshman. Yeah. And how many attempts is that? Because. Based on the the North Carolina that I've watched, it looks like it's that seventy one percent is not just dink and dunks. Like he throws two, the football down the field. Two twenty two out of three twelve. So he's averaging about nine yards per attempt. Nine yards per attempt, and uh, what is that? Twelve yards per completion, thirteen yards per completion, give or take. Yeah, yeah. That's throwing the football down the field and still completing at a high level. Virginia's an interesting case. Penn State at 14. I'm sorry, North Carolina's an interesting case. They're so much more interesting to me than Penn State, one spot ahead of them. In fact, I would love, Brian Haydad, for you to explain to me why Penn State is ranked ahead of North Carolina. Oh, I cannot. Of course you can't. I cannot do that, that for you. No. Utah at 13. Well, hey, remember, Penn State beat Auburn, so... Utah at 13. I think Utah's a pretty good football team. But what's Utah hanging its hat on? A win over Uh, Southern Cal. At home, in a high-scoring game, at the very end. I get two losses. Look, I'm not trying to be a stand for North Carolina. I'm just asking the questions. Why? Why is Penn State in front of the Tar Heels? Why is Utah in front of the Tar Heels? I think that's where you stop asking that question, though. We'll go top 12 when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We are walking our way through the top 25. College Football Playoff Committee released their most recent top 25 last night. Uh, C Spire text line 601-879-4395. Cody and Laurel, making my first trip to Oxford this Saturday. Food recommendations. Before we talk about actually eating, I would encourage you, Cody, to be patient. You are choosing the probably busiest home football weekend of the season. Um, if you are going to try and eat before the game, hmm, what do you think? I love Proud Larry's on a Saturday. That's a that's kind of a cool spot to hang out and start your day. Get a good lunch and then games at two thirty. It's going to take you a while. Just just know it's going to take a while to get a table. There's so many cool spots on the square. Hey Dad loves the pizza at Funky's. Hey Dad loves the pizza at St. Leo. You want to go to St. Leo and possibly eat outside? They'll have the heaters going on the patio. That'd be a great spot. Everywhere is going to be good, but everywhere is going to be crowded. Sorry, Bort. What were you? Oh, just uh, unless you're wanting to, you know, hang out with the the college kids. I don't know if game day Funkies is the spot for depending on your age. Anyway, that's age yeah. dependent. If you're yeah. like in your late, early late twenties, whatever, then yeah, you'll, you'll be fine. But if you're, you know, in your fifties and and you're going up to a game for the first time to check it out, you probably don't want to go there for your first experience. Cody, I don't know what time you're getting into town, but I would highly encourage you to stop by Bottle Tree Bakery early in the day. Grab um, some danishes, some sausage biscuits. They do a, a bacon and egg biscuit. Sometimes they do the, um, it's kind of like hot dogs. It's like oversized uh, pigs in a blanket on, on game day. And the coffee is absolutely spectacular. Uh, have fun also. Enjoy it. I tried something dumb yesterday with coffee, by the way. Uh, I'm one, one last thing. If you're hanging out after the game Saturday night, Taylor Grocery would be a lot of fun. And yeah, again, do that. it would you know take a while, be worth the wait. So I'm kind of particular about coffee. Bad coffee is really bad to me. You know, it's I have a hard time stomaching it. I'm, I'm kind of particular. Haven't really gone down the road of I just need caffeine and I don't I don't care if it tastes like dirt. Mm-hmm. So I but we. Somebody put leftover Halloween candy over here in the office. Big, big basket full. Um, and I got a Hershey's, a small Hershey's chocolate bar, and put it at the bottom of the coffee cup and poured the coffee over top of it. Ended up working out okay. It melted pretty much entirely. Mixed it around pretty good to make sure, and it made otherwise coffee that I can't drink kind of good. I'm going to do that more. It's not good mm. for my health. <laughs> but it worked out. I was surprised. It was just kind of one of those, there's a basket of candy here. Just, you know, forget it. Let's give it a shot. And it worked out nicely. <laughs> if, that, if that's your jam, then you go for it. Um, let's go back to the uh, UCLA at 12. Yeah, I can't. It, it, you can't. You cannot 
explain that other than it, well, it's USC. That that's it. That's the only way you can explain UCLA being and they're going to play, and so we're going to find out soon. But if you're going to do rankings, like the great Ron Swanson said, awards are stupid. They're less stupid if you give them to the right people. Polls are dumb. They're less dumb if you get them right. <laughs> he said the great philosopher Ron Swanson. Yeah. I mean, it's a true story. One of the great minds of the 21st century. All right, so the three of us yesterday, we, we, gave, we, we did our top eight, right? So here was the, the only disagreement we had was, hey, Dad had Michigan 2, Ohio State 3. I think we were all fine with that, but Borky and I both picked Michigan 3, Ohio State 2. So here's what the poll looks like. Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, TCU 4, Tennessee 5, Oregon 6, LSU 7, highest ranked 2 loss team, in front of one loss, USC. Then it's Alabama, who also has two losses. Then Clemson, then Ole Miss at 11, and UCLA at 12. I kind of think I would put one loss Ole Miss ahead of one loss Clemson. I would. Yeah. I have I have no argument with the top seven. And I said yesterday the next three, eight, nine, and ten, I kind of would, and, and really probably eight, nine, ten, and eleven now with Clemson in that mix. I probably would just put the basket and pull out in whichever order they came out, that'd be okay. Let me ask you this, though. And again, this is subjective, but polls are subjective. I had somebody tell me on Twitter last night that polls are not subjective. I was like, what? That's exclusively what they are. If LSU lined up across the field from Georgia today, would they lose by six touchdowns? Say that again? If Georgia played LSU today, and we think they're going to play each other, is LSU going to lose by six touchdowns? I, I don't believe so. I mean, it's possible, but but it seems unlikely. Oregon did, and now they've been really good since then. Mm-hmm. But Oregon did not belong on the field with Georgia. Didn't belong on the field. That's hard to ignore when you're looking at, again, I know LSU has two losses. That, that changes things, and it's subjective. But I don't think when LSU, if LSU and Georgia play here in a few weeks, that, that Georgia's winning by six touchdowns. You know what's crazy about all this is this thing could get really weird. Yeah. It could get really weird. So, so, so let's kind of start playing out some of the how could it get weirds. Ohio State and Michigan play each other. So one of those two teams that currently is in the top four has a, it will have a loss. How concerned are you about what that loss looks like? If we get an all-time epic between Michigan and Ohio State where there's a walk-off field goal for one team to beat the other team 27-24, how far are you dropping one of those two teams? But the thing is, that doesn't happen in a vacuum. Would you like a... Would you like a one-loss Michigan who lost by a field goal as time expired on the road in Columbus more than an undefeated TCU? 
Would you like a one-loss Ohio State who lost by a field goal at home to Michigan? Would you like them more than one-loss Tennessee? Would you like them more than one loss? Would you like them more than one loss Oregon? If Oregon runs the table in the Pac twelve and beats Southern Cal in the Pac twelve championship game. I do think, and we've seen in the past where this this hasn't mattered, different committee though. But I do think that conference champion has got to carry some weight. I know winning the Pac twelve is not the same as winning the SEC. I know winning the Big Ten is not the same as winning the SEC. But man, if you've got... Tennessee lost to Georgia too, by the way. If you've got a one-loss Oregon Pac-12 champion up against one-loss Tennessee, I think that you should give it to Oregon, even though I think one of those two teams is better, and it's not Oregon. Tennessee's got to win against what might be the hottest team in the country right now. And they don't just have a win. They have a beatdown win yeah. in that team's backyard. But Talking about LSU. They also have a win against Alabama. They do. That's, what, that's why, one, that's why the four-team is so stupid. But that's all subjective, and at least you can have a conference champion. Ah, how about this one? How about this one, though? This is this is where we're headed. By the way, Shaq Bully says stop with the hypothetical and deal with the here and now. Hey, Shaq Bully, no. No, we won't. We're going to talk about this right now. It came out last night. We're still three days away from games. We've got plenty of time to talk about games. we got guests coming up. But no, don't tell me what to stop with the hypothetical. We're going to talk about this. And I'm sorry if you're the only person that doesn't think it's fun. Ah, maybe there are others that don't think it's fun, but whatever. I got one to play out for you that I think really throws a wrinkle into this thing. And we'll do that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Streaming at supertalk.fm. Supertalk TV coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. We'll be right back. Mississippi, covering your favorite teams like no one else on the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. All right, boys, so here's my question for you. Three games remaining in the LS, uh, regular season for the LSU Tigers uh, coming off their win against Alabama. Let's just say that they win this weekend against um, Arkansas. They beat UAB and they beat Texas A&M. And they are 10-2, and and they are headed to the SEC championship game to face a Georgia team that hypothetically beats Mississippi State, Kentucky, and Georgia Tech in its final three games of the regular season. 
Georgia's body of work is impressive. Right? They opened the season with a beatdown of Oregon. They won at South Carolina. I know, I know at Missouri. I know, but, but like they, they still won those games. And in the two biggest games of the year so far for them, Oregon and uh, Tennessee, they were absolutely dominant. Tennessee's the number five team in the country. Oregon's the number six team in the country. And they absolutely dominated both of them. What if LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship game? I think it's the same as it was last year. I think they're both Georgia in. Would be in. Yeah, Georgia would be in without question. You can't, you know, uh, one loss defending national champion who lost their last game in the conference championship game was undefeated the whole year. They're getting in. No, no questions about it. Yeah. I guess I'm just looking at it and going, okay, what if? Uh, okay, so so if LSU beats Georgia, two but but two loss LSU's in, right? They're not yes. leaving out the SEC champion. All right, so you got two loss LSU that's in. Mm-hmm. One loss Georgia is in. Mm-hmm. One of the two between Ohio State, Michigan being undefeated is in. Mm-hmm. And then who? One loss Tennessee. Let's go. What about I mean, an undefe- What about an undefeated TCU? I would have Tennessee in over TCU, but what about a one loss Oregon? TCU might get it. No. What about a one loss Southern Cal? I-, I would bet my car that the committee will do everything in their power to make sure that three SEC teams don't get in. They 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 will do everything they can, even if they have to stretch, to make sure that three SEC teams don't get in. They won't let that happen. Can, can I just be ridiculous for a second? Just completely ridiculous? What about a one-loss Ole Miss? So what, what they need to happen, because we had somebody on the text line ask, and I've had friends ask me, you, you, you really are rooting for Arkansas and Texas A&M this weekend and two weeks from now. Yeah. you you got to get LSU to have a third loss. That's got to come. If, 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 in this scenario, Ole Miss wins out and they go 11-1, but LSU also wins out and wins the West, I don't think Ole Miss is getting into the playoff in that scenario. And even if... I mean, I think the biggest issue there is I don't think Ole Miss would jump a one-loss Tennessee. Yeah, you may be right. Hmm. You you could go eleven and one with a win over Alabama <laughs> and miss the playoff. Kyle says TCU is going to get screwed. Bet on that. <laughs> that already happened once. I mean, yeah, yeah, it happened once before. Uh, somebody says, oh, Shaq Bully enjoying the conversation. Tennessee trashed LSU, Georgia trashed Tennessee. Next question. But they're about to play each other, so that, that you're, you're missing a step. That They are, barring an LSU collapse this weekend or two weeks from now, they're going to play each other. And if LSU wins, it doesn't matter what they looked like against Tennessee. 
So Bobby in Batesville on the ceasefire text line asked this the other day, but it's more relevant now. Hypothetical: If both Ole Miss and LSU win out, and LSU gets smashed in the SEC championship game, could Ole Miss end up in the playoffs without playing for the SEC title? I didn't consider that earlier. Yeah, if if, if LSU gets destroyed and the, and what that's about, their third well, loss, but in that scenario, you probably have one loss Ole Miss jumping one loss Tennessee. Which seems unlikely. Yeah, because they're not going. They are not going to let three in. It's not going to happen. It will not. Ole Miss needs LSU to lose to get into the playoff. It feels like it's just that simple. Oh no, but no, no, I I understand that. You, you. Oh, you're saying they need LSU to lose. They need to win out, and then they need to go. They need Ole Miss needs to go to the SEC championship game. Yeah, Ole Miss SEC champions get into the playoff. That's it, though. I think. Yeah, I, I think that's the only path. And I think, based on what Tennessee's done this year, I think that would be the right decision. Would have to look really, really closely at that. Oh, can, can you imagine the angst if one loss Tennessee got jumped by one loss anybody else among Vol Twitter? Oh, please let it happen. Please let it happen. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi. Hour with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us, Pearl River Resort Studios. You can be part of the conversation on the Ceasefire text line. But right now, we're going to uh, welcome in a guest for the first time today Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Michael Casagrande writes at AL.com, covers Alabama, has been doing that for a long time. What's up, Michael? Hey guys, barely hear you. Honestly, I don't know if it's a right. good, a bad phone connection or what, but I can barely hear you guys. All right, we're gonna see if we can bump that up just a little bit and make it a little bit easier for you, Michael. You you've been watching Alabama football, covering Alabama football for a long time. This is different, right? In in, in a lot of ways, it's uncharted territory in the the Saban era, at least for the most part. What are you seeing right now? Yeah, no, it's, it's it's uncharted. Going back to 2010 was the last time they uh, they lost an early November game. They lost the second game in November when they they lost to LSU. So, yeah, I mean, any of the players, uh, pretty much anybody in the program at this point, wasn't around for that. So this is it's all new for practically everyone, but Saban, maybe a few other staffers. So, yeah, it's, it's trying to find the a different a different form of motivation without. A championship to be that carrot on the string, so it's going to be really interesting to see what uh, what they show up with Saturday because you know it seems like they've been distracted. They haven't always been mentally sharp for all these games when there was a championship on the line, conceivably. So I'd be curious to see what it's like with that off the with off, off the table. What did you make of Nick Saban's stock comments earlier in the in the week? You know, if 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 we go about. And, and I'm paraphrasing here, and I may butcher this, but basically said, hey, guys, if you go out and take care of what you need to do individually, that's going to be good for us 
as a team, almost sounded like he was kind of pleading with his guys, "Hey, don't don't quit on this team." Yeah, no, it's 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 yeah, it's it, it hasn't been an issue. I mean, they've only played you know the, the eight years of the playoff. There's only been one year where they didn't make it. Um, and they played in the Citrus Bowl, and there was you know a few players. The only time they've ever had players not playing a bowl game uh, because of the, the NFL draft coming up. So yeah, it, it's going to be there's clearly a couple major. Uh, names are Bryce Young and uh, Will Anderson, obviously, who will be first-round picks next year, who will be facing that sort of situation. So, yeah, it's it's going to be, you know, it's all new for for all these guys. So it's it's been it's, they've almost been proud of the fact that they haven't had to deal with those situations where they're trying to keep people mentally locked in after uh, a championship goes off the table. So, yeah, it's Saturday is going to be very fascinating today. So. Alabama plays Mississippi State following the loss at Tennessee, and it felt like you got a, a pretty focused Alabama, but they weren't like a. It wasn't an offensive explosion that night. If you're looking into your crystal ball, Michael, and and I know you're not a columnist, you're a reporter, coming off of a loss to LSU, what would you guess that this Alabama team looks like on Saturday? That's it's a great question because you know they were at home when they were playing against Mississippi State. These are maybe focus in, dial in when you're at home. Um, maybe not as good of a team overall as as what they'll see at Ole Miss on the road. Um, yeah, I mean it's 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 one of those things where um, it, it's hard to be surprised at this at this point because there's been so many surprises this season um, with way they've come out that you're surprised that they were. They weren't all the way mentally sharp for the Tennessee game, which figured to be you know such a huge game. There weren't you know, the preparation. There was an issue with that that they were talking about. So there's there's so many things that were it's like a, it may be a completely clean slate, taking all the pressure off because it seems like the pressure was maybe part of the issue that it was getting to to some of the players. That if if that pressure goes off the table, that they won't be as uptight coming into this game. That the preparation will be different. It, it's one of those things where. You truly, and I don't even know if Saban could tell you what what it feels like at this point in the week in practice because he seemed pretty confident with the way they were they were practicing before for LSU. So yeah, I mean, offensively they were they were a mess against Mississippi State. It was kind of surprising since they had been that had been the, the strong point against Tennessee, and it was the opposite uh, against Mississippi State. So yeah, it's it's one of those teams where week to week you never really know what's going to come out. You know, Michael, I, I I feel like we're talking about this team like they're they're zero and nine. I mean, obviously it's two losses on the season, but it's so abnormal for what we've seen through the years with with Alabama. But what you just said kind of blew me away that that pressure might be getting to Alabama because it's like maybe that's the biggest thing that has been a constant and a consistent is Nick Saban's teams have been unflappable, right? They they don't get too high, they don't get too low. They're always the biggest game on on the opponent's schedule, regardless of what week it is in the season, and none of that seems to affect them. So, why would this year be any different? Do you think? Yeah, that's a, it's a good question. It's a question a lot of people are asking. That, that you know, they're, they're talking about players had a lot of anxiety coming out against Tennessee that they didn't have the same you know pregame. You know, Saban said usually he sees them chanting coming out of the tunnel that they're doing certain things that they didn't do against Tennessee, and you could see just a different look in their eye for that game. And um, Yeah, it's 
it's a very interesting question. Will Anderson was saying at LSU there were times where defense wasn't always getting the play call. It wasn't always coming in what they were getting it, but they weren't always doing what they were supposed to be doing in all the plays. It was getting kind of frazzled and a little frantic for them at the end of the game, and that's just something that you don't normally hear, at least that, that much honesty about dealing with that kind of pressure in that kind of moment. So, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where internally it feels like there's going to be going to be some shakeups uh, with with how they approach things moving forward. What do you think those are? I mean, guessing what a, a coaching staff is going to look like, I know is a little bit of a fool's errand sometimes. I, I've heard people go, oh, there's no way the offensive and defensive coordinators are back next year. But we also know that, that Nick Saban has been quite loyal to, to Pete Golding and, and I don't know if you necessarily put the blame at, at his feet. What do you think, kind of, when you look at makeup of the staff and you think about changes that might be on the horizon? Yeah, I mean, it would be speculation at this point. I don't want to yeah, get into that fair. game as to what exactly they're going to do. Um, so, yeah, when we, if there's something reportable, we'll report on it. But, you know, it's one of those things where I'm sure everything's on the table. Yeah. And and certainly that's a place where there's been lots of turnover, but usually it's been turnover because guys were leaving for uh, for other right. jobs. Hey, let me ask right. you this: as it pertains to the matchup this weekend with Ole Miss, what, one of the things that Ole Miss has had trouble with has been at times stopping the run. Uh, right, LSU has a big day running the football. Tank Bigsby for Auburn had a big day running the football. Jameer Gibbs is so incredibly talented. Is this a, a week where? Alabama maybe looks like an older version of Alabama where they really try to pound it on the ground? Yeah, I mean, if they're always trying to expose weaknesses wherever they can find them. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those teams where Alabama's been – it's been all or nothing with the running game. Um, they were – at least a week ago, they, they led the nation in average yards per rush but were in number 81st, 81 in stuff break. So they were they were hitting big plays, but they were getting stuffed a lot at the line of scrimmage. So it's – it's inconsistency uh, with the blocking um, a lot of the times. But when you can tell there are certain plays that I can almost tell right off the snap, I can tell it's going to be a bigger play for the running game where the line, you just come off the ball differently, um, clear a path. If, if Jameer Gibbs can get to that next level, he can get out uh, past the line of scrimmage. He usually, you know, he's good for 15, 20. You know, he's had up to 70-something yard runs this season. So he, he can, he's got that motor. It's not necessarily a between the tackles type back, but he's patient, and when he can find a hole, you know he can he can expose it. So uh, it's been all or nothing at times with this running game. Um, hasn't always been consistent. Only 29 yards against, I think it was 29 yards against Mississippi State, 27 carries. So it was it was not there that night. So we'll you know we'll see what they can do against Ole Missy and the Cleary has had issues with dynamic backs. Yeah, Michael. Last thing for you. I remember leaving Tuscaloosa late, late, late at night in in 2015 after Ole Miss won that game over there, and listening to you know kind of post game radio call in stuff. And there were people that were doubting Nick Saban at that point. Uh, now I don't think it was a majority of people. What has the reaction been like among Alabama fans over the last three or four days following a second loss in the same season? Yeah, I think there's. Uh... I think there's a, a wide spectrum of, of those kinds of responses. I think there, there are more people who are questioning, I guess, the viability. I mean, his age is always something that's going to be discussed. He just turned 71. It's That's more of a thing now than what people would have said 
you know, when the dynasty was dying in 2015. So it's, it's, it's always going to run the spectrum. Um, I'll try not to listen to it too much. Maybe take the <laughs> pulse of what people are thinking, but you know, the, it's always the extremes that are going to, um, you know, always try to filter out the extremes and listen to people in the middle, the, yeah. the logical ones who want to discuss actual things instead of just the, the knee-jerk reactions. That's probably uh, pretty wise counsel. Michael, thanks for your time. Good catching up, and uh, we'll talk to you down the line. Yep, thanks for having me. Michael Casagrande, AL.com, covers Alabama, has been at it for a while. Good information there on the Crimson Tide. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. We'll take a timeout. More coming up after this in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Super Talk Mississippi. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for joining us. Glad to have you along for the ride. Michael Casagrande. Uh, Michael, hey, Dad, you've known him for a long time. He is um, he's kind of a low-key guy, right? Not, not mm-hmm. like super emotional, but I thought even, I don't know, maybe it's just the subject matter. That felt like a very down in the dumps interview. Not not because of Casa Grande at all, but because of well, I mean, you know, this is uncharted territory for Alabama and you know, they've got some guys don't know how they're gonna react and that's a weird vibe around an Alabama team that hadn't had many moments like that in the last decade. Or yeah, any. I always make the joke you know, I always interview him during the summer when I do my team previews and, and I always make the joke, all right, Mike, Let's here we go again. All right, Alabama's great. Tell me about all their great players and, and all that. And, you know, obviously when State played Alabama, it, they were coming off the Tennessee game, and this, so there was still some, some you know, some, some hope there, which is a weird word to use to describe Alabama. But, yeah, after this one, I mean, he hasn't had to write a story. I, I don't know if he was covering Alabama in 2010. I'm not sure. But he hasn't had to write a story about an Alabama game that didn't involve national championship stakes, maybe as the entire time he's covered the team. So not only is it something for, for Alabama, it's something for him. He's, you know, he's got to look at his coverage differently. So, uh, sometimes things are bad, you know, and bad is relative, obviously. You know, yeah. bad for Alabama is not bad for Akron, but. You know, for Alabama right now, they they, don't, they are in a, a spot they're not used to being in. And he, and he mentioned it too, right? I, I can't help but wonder. By the way, Nick Saban on the teleconference today straight up tampered with Quinshawn Judkins, by the way. Really would love to have a player like that on our team. All right, man. Like, you're supposed to do that behind the scenes, not above the scenes. But Saban on Monday alluded to it. 
Michael just did here as well, I think people are worried that they're going to run into some motivation issues. Now that I said that, they're going to win by 40 points on Saturday. But when enough people say it, might be true. Because this is uncharted territory for them. None of these players have played in meaningless games. Well, Gibbs Borky, has. He I'm, played I'm at sorry, Georgia Tech. You, 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 stop, you stop for a second. I mean, I'm like my mind is in a pretzel thinking about all the different angles of what you just said about Nick Saban tampering on that call. Because there is a very rational, sane approach where you go, that's an incredible compliment from the greatest college football coach of all time to a freshman running back at another school. And that can be true. And at the same time, in the era of name, image, and likeness that we are in, and the media being the messenger for a coach, that's like a direct recruiting pitch (laughs) of a player on another team in your conference. That is... Yeah, here's the direct quote. We looked at him coming out last year in hindsight. It would be great if he was on our team. Hmm. It really is weird. Like, five years ago, that's just a compliment, right? Five years ago, he's just saying that's a great football player. Today, you can take it the way that that Borky's taking it. Uh, That tells me that he's making sure the media puts that quote out there so they can get their boosters to talk to his high school coach to see how much it would take to get rid of him. And if you're an Ole Miss fan out there that are, that's offended by that, just get used to it. I would stake my life on the fact that Quinshawn Judkins is being courted behind the scenes by oh, of course everybody, and, and you guys are also doing courting with players at other schools. That's just what you got to do now. That's the name of the game. The NCAA decided they didn't want to enforce anything anymore, and this is what you get. I have an idea how to fix it, by the way. Okay. I don't think they're equipped to enforce it, but if a player is tampered with, it doesn't even have to be by a coach or anything. It just if, if somebody makes contact on behalf of a school to a player, back channels or whatever, and it's reported to the NCAA whether it be a hotline or whatever, they cannot give a scholarship to that player. So let's just play this scenario out. Some random Auburn booster texts Quinshaw Judkins since he's had enough, and he lets Ole Miss know, hey, this guy's texting me. Report that to the NCAA. Auburn can't offer him a scholarship to play. I'm sure they would find NIL deals to pay him behind the scenes or whatever, or maybe ban him from the roster altogether. The NCAA's got to get harsh if they want to do that, make rules like that. If you tamper with the kid, if there, your booster on your behalf tampers with that kid, you can't sign him. It's over. There Done. is a rule like that. There's, there's already a rule like that. But they don't enforce it. It was enforced in this state a couple of years ago. Was it, or, or did people just decide against it and, and move on after? He was threatened it to was be enforced. Inf- yeah. It but, was but threatened to be enforced. Make it, make it and that's why, immediate. That's why Malik Heath couldn't sign with Ole Miss in, in the spring. Yeah. Make it that simple, though. A reporting yeah. system, data, and, and if it happens, if anybody on your behalf you got the proof, yeah. contacts a player, if anybody, booster, fan, on your behalf, contacts a player about transferring, and, and that's it. You can't recruit the player anymore. Because well, yeah, I, I hear you. I, like, I, I do. And, and I don't necessarily disagree, but 
I just got to be honest. I think that feels a little Pollyanna. I mean, I, I think that's a, a, a little kind of like in a perfect world utopia where, you know, you can report something to the NCAA and they can investigate it in a super timely no, no manner. No investigation. Immediate. No investigation. You have to prove it. You can't just allege that somebody tampered with a player and all of a sudden they can't go yeah. to another place. Uh, you have to prove that that t- happened. Text messages, wh- whatever. I mean, the, the, the organization makes a billion dollars a year on the basketball tournament. You're telling me they, they, they don't have the financial resources to better enforce something like that? Because th- there's a problem. There's, there's a lot of good happening co- in college football right now, but, but that's a problem. It's the the stories that I've heard about what these players are dealing with on a daily basis right now needs to be put to an end. So, so the question on the table is: Do I think that the NCAA is capable of using its resources to develop a better enforcement system? No, I don't. Then somebody think- needs to get together to do it. You've got all these committees already with these athletic <laughs> yeah, directors, and find a way because it's it's a problem. It is a serious problem when we can openly say, if you're a fan of a college football team and you have good players, they're being contacted. Pollyanna, by every the way, day. was not an insult. That was a hey. reference to the movie Pollyanna, where she yeah. was the one where everything's happy and everything's rosy until it wasn't. But but you're asking something that we've been asking for for years. True. But now it's getting worse. Just on a different worse. scenario, and it's getting oh, significant. Yes, yes, because you can transfer without penalty. You can recruit Quinshawn Junkins right now, and he can transfer next year if he wants to. I'm not saying he wants to. In this offense, he probably does not. Lane Kiffin's offense is the best possible fit for that young man. So I'm not saying he's going Pretty to. Good. Yeah. But good. I, I guarantee you. SEC schools, multiple, have reached out to people close to him to gauge financial interest. It, it, it's happening all the time, and that that has somebody has to do something to put stuff like that to an end, at least until the freaking season is over. You got a 19 year old kid that's in his first semester of college. Having to study film and get ready for games, and also has people contacting people close to him about money. It's part of the deal, but at least in the NFL, you, you don't renegotiate. Like you don't have free agency during the season. It's when your contract runs out. Something needs to be done about this because it's too rampant. It's too widespread. And it's putting un, unnecessary pressure on the kids. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I, I don't disagree with the idea of anything that you're saying, but I, I do think we've got to remember that, you know, in years gone by, we were the ones that would sit here and say, or, or maybe maybe I shouldn't say we. I'll just say I was the one who would sit here and say, you're not allowed to be na- partially naive about college football. You have to be either completely naive about college football or not naive at all. Because the idea that everybody else is doing it, but my team's doing it the right way, that's, that doesn't exist. No. So either 
everybody's cheating or nobody's cheating, but not some are and some aren't. You, you're, you're not allowed to do that. And, that. and I used to say that all the time. But it's no different. Maybe it's worse, but it's still the same. Teams that have got the resources to do what they want to do are going to do it. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Luke Johnson will join us a little bit later this afternoon in the five o'clock hour. We'll talk some Southern Miss with him. Ceasefire text line 601 879 4395. What if Kiffin made the same comment about an Alabama player? It's a dumb question considering I led with, and Ole Miss is doing it too, so. Gotcha. Okay. Kevin kind of did say it about Texas a and I mean, not really. He just talked about all their five stars and how talented roster. And... Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's my point is it's rampant and something needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Mississippi State's doing it too, I promise. Uh, some people would probably tell you that they're not, that they, you know, everything's... Some people would say that, Uh, but that's not true. They've got players getting tampered with. I know one for an absolute fact. And if they are not doing the same thing, they are incredibly stupid. And guess what? They're not. So everybody here is doing it too. Jeff says, wow, anytime Borky comes up with an idea, Richard slams it down. I don't think I was Richard slamming it down. in our place. You called oh, me Pollyanna? You talked about pie in the Pollyanna, sky? Pollyanna, um, Pollyanna. I just Pollyanna. I, I think an organization that that generates a Have you billion... never seen Pollyanna? No. I mean, how old do you think I am? Well, when did the move when did I this come out? Pollyanna. Like in the 60s. It's a classic. My, my, Pollyanna's My great. dad was born in the 60s. I mean, I, I'm not watching movies from the 60s. That uh, just, I think, an organization that has, and, and their responsibilities are dwindling, right? They don't have to police pay for play. Pay for play is legal. So that is completely, that, that's something that they can ignore. It's over. You don't have to. Jamie Chadwell, for example, mentioned him yesterday. They, they had wins vacated, I think, when he was at Charleston Southern, because his players used their scholarship money to buy electronics in the bookstore instead of books. They were buying, like, iPads and stuff. And they had to vacate wins because of that. All that stuff's over now. So you don't have to police that anymore. You, your, your focus is so little that with your billion dollars a year in the basketball tournament, you should be able to do more in the things that you actually have to do now. Because all that stuff is not in your jurisdiction. It's gone. But... That would require competence, and I know they don't have it, but... And there are a lot of good movies that came out in the 60s. I'm sure. 
Just scrolling through here, Borky. I mean, the original parent trap. Richard, you you just went that whole time, Borky, talking. Richard heard none of that. He was scrolling for movies in the 60s. No, no, no. I was multitasking. Swiss Family Robinson. It was suggested to me once to do a supercut. We talked about that before. Borky hasn't seen it either. Yeah, right. But it was supercut. To, to do a supercut of of me saying something and you saying the exact same thing that I said after a, me because you clearly weren't you, oh. you just didn't hear what I said. There, there. I would rather go the other way, Borky. I want you to find a supercut of you saying something and then Richard making a complete non sequitur into something completely different. Well, but that's like we different because you got to keep this impassioned all, all the time to keep moving yeah, things you gotta, along. You like, move the, the this content. impassioned rant there, and Richard goes a lot of great movies in the sixties. Yeah. <laughs> just, just. Just a bucket of water on there. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I didn't want to disagree with Borky again because I don't want it to be like you know, just slamming down the idea. Next Poppins. time Richard has has a has a thing going, I'm just gonna be like, you know, I really like asparagus. Just, just gonna throw that do out you? there, and see how it goes. Do I do you like now? Mm. Now, people like the stuff that you make asparagus with, not asparagus on its own. It's like Brussels sprouts. Oh no, you're wrong. I like. I like, I like, oh, no, you're wrong again. Brussels sprouts are good. I mean, every time Borky has an idea, hey, Dad just slams it down. You're wrong, Borky. No, you're wrong, Borky. <laughs> you're wrong. I'll, I'll admit to it. I'll admit to keeping Borky in his place. <laughs> it, it, of all the people. To, Did you like the original Parent Trap better or the remake? <laughs> Jeff is really nice to us all the time, too. Like, of all people to. To pick on it can't be Jeff. I mean, ninety percent of his texts are, "Hey guys, love the show. Have a good day." Jeff sounds awesome. Cross will be replacing Tanya on the weekly movie reviews. Nah, I don't watch anything <laughs> new. So, what, Richard, what'd you watch this week? I watched Top Gun again. It's still awesome. Which one? Yeah, both. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Magnolia. <laughs> on the ceasefire text line says, Borky, eat your vegetables, bruh. I do, just asparagus not asparagus. Is good. Who doesn't like that? No, asparagus oh, is so only good, good when you like, lemon. grill it with Parmesan cheese and stuff or wrap it yeah. in bacon. Yeah. Yeah, but the, it, it's the bacon that makes it good, not the asparagus. No, nah, you can eat it without the bacon. It's still good. Put it in the air fryer. Get a little crispy. I feel like you guys have a higher slam quota than WWE. Well, you know, Richard. Alabama what fans you're gonna do? are acting like their dog just got run over. They are talking about staff changes, and they could end up with the same record as that Ole Miss had last year, and that was the best year in recent history for Ole Miss. It's hilarious. Was it just the best re- year in recent history? It was the best regular season in school history. Well, it's different standards, different financial investment, both above and below board. And I, it, when you enjoy a certain standard of living, and then something undercuts that, you know you're uncomfortable. I mean, the, somebody that's making a million dollars a year suddenly loses their job, and three months later they can't continue to pay for everything, right? So it's like that. It, Alabama's making a, a million dollars a year, and a couple of their businesses went under, or their investments went under. Or they were heavily invested in Bitcoin, and we've all seen how that's gone. And they've got to make changes to maintain that standard of living. I mean, tough day for the old Bitcoin, by the way. Whew! Really? A 50, yeah, 52-week low earlier today. Oh, wow. 
Time to get in. There, there was this app that I downloaded called Coinbase. And yeah. the reason I downloaded it was because they advertised, you know, we'll give you 20 bucks in free crypto if you download it. So I gave it a shot. And you had to, like... Let the Super Bowl ad? Yeah. And so I got With that the app. QR code that just... Okay, okay, okay. I didn't put another dollar into it. I just accepted the 20 bucks in crypto that they gave me. Mm-hmm. And I still get the push notifications. And they crack me up. Because it's, like, 15 different cryptocurrencies that I own, like, 0.005% in or whatever. And every day the push notification is, uh, hey, Dad, coin is down 5%. Like, <laughs> it has done it's nothing but lose lately. money since I downloaded this stupid app. Every we have, day we have it been goes struggling down further. with hey, Dad, coin. Yeah. I had November. a great joke lined up for today, Richard. If, if you had teed me off with some election day stuff, I had a great joke lined up, but you didn't do it. So November 11th, one year ago. Bitcoin was at $65,481 a coin. Today it is trading below 16000 Got to sell Which, high. In fairness, I mean, if you got in at like 8 bucks a coin or something, you're still doing quite well. But if you jumped in at you know, 38000 a coin, it's not been great. I don't know if I'd call it a, I don't know if I'd call it a meme, but there's this great thing going around of, uh, you know what StarCraft is? No, you don't. Starcraft, Starcraft is a is that the it's robot? a computer game you play. Oh, okay. No, it's a computer game, right? So, like, there was a tournament, right? It's like first place was $2,500, and second. so going all the way down to, like, fifth through eighth place received 25 Bitcoins. This is, like, back in, uh, like, 1998 or something, 2000. Yeah. It's, like, such how different things were. Much different. And if you hadn't done anything with those, even with Bitcoin crashing, those 25 Bitcoins would be mm, pretty good. Doing pretty good. Um, You can be a part of the conversation on the C Spire text line. It's 601-879-4395. Dan in Hattiesburg, are we going to discuss the song Puff the Magic Dragon from Pete's Dragon? Pete's Dragon, another movie from the 60s. Movie from the 60s, yeah. Yeah. Very mellow movie. Pete's Dragon? No. They tell me that it's it's an allegory for marijuana. I've heard. I've heard similar things. All I know is that the the whole half-animated, half-real-life movies were, those were... You you probably had to be puffing on some of the... Magic Dragon oh, to Who Framed Roger Rabbit's a good one. Is it? It's okay. Jessica Rabbit. I don't think I was allowed to watch that when I was a kid because of Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mama Cross was like, nope. Not not happening. Not happening. There are some uh Some games outside the SEC footprint this weekend that are worthy of our attention, I think. Let's take a peek at a few of those when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Junction in the Grove and to the top. Don't hurt yourself. 
Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. I would direct you to supertalk.fm slash news for the entire story, but a statement coming this afternoon from Mississippi's current Speaker of the House, Philip Gunn, that he will not seek re-election. says that his public service career is not necessarily coming to an end, and he thinks there will be opportunities to serve in the near future, and when that time comes, he will be ready, but he is not seeking re-election uh, and will not be running for uh, the House once again. So just, uh, more, I know, more with Gallo at six. I get it. Uh, but pretty big news in the state of Mississippi, and you can go to supertalk.fm slash news to get the uh, the full story, story for yourself. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, what about the games not in the SEC this weekend? What is the one that grabs your attention the most? Is it the simple answer of TCU in Texas, or is it something else? Yeah, it's TCU, Texas. Hmm. Big challenge on the road. How often can you play with fire and get down early in these games and come back and win them? Or how many games can you lose and still be considered elite? Yeah. Hmm. Talking about the other team. The only other one that would have my my attention beyond I love college football and just want to watch the games is is Wake Forest and North Carolina because Wake Forest is a team that can beat North Carolina yeah how about UW and Oregon love the rivalry those two teams hate each other but I I don't feel like Washington's going to be able to match up with them very well are you a Michael Penix denier no he's a good player but Oregon's just rolling right now. If you had a Heisman vote, would you vote for Bo Nix? <laughs> I like how I'm a Michael Penix denier. Like He exists. I'm not like a flat earther over here. I don't know. Uh, Bo Nix, I mean, he's in the conversation. I would vote for Stetson Bennett. For Heisman? Yeah. He's having a great year. His stats are pretty good. I mean, there's no... Stat-wise, there's nobody who's just dominant, and he's making the plays that win the games for the team that's probably going to win the national title. Hey, Borky, I don't have a Heisman vote, but can you fact-check something for me? Does the uh, does the criteria for who you vote for for the Heisman tr- Trophy, it, are you supposed to pick somebody that's having a pretty good year, the stats are pretty good? Is that what they ask you to do when selecting... The, the Heisman Trophy criteria is good? the most outstanding player in college football. Okay. And look, I'm the one who's been defending Stetson Bennett for two years, and yet, I mean, come on, Heisman Trophy. Yeah, you've heel turned Bennett? on him. Come on. Why not? Why not? Because he's not the most outstanding player in college football. I don't know who is. He's not the like most outstanding ago, player Hinden, on his own team. I would have said Hendon Hooker, but I don't know. Hey, and, and look, I mean, I'm not trying to be like a stickler for wording. If you told me that the Heisman Trophy was supposed to go to the most valuable player, mm-hmm. you you might do some convincing with me that that is Stetson Bennett. 
But it's not the most valuable player. It's the most outstanding player. And again, he's not the most outstanding player on his own team, much less in all of college football. But he is outstanding. <sighs> okay. Who's your Heisman vote go-to, Borky? That's a good question because I, I don't, I don't want to overthink it and be like too smart for the room. But I can't stand that it's just a quarterback thing. That's all it is. Yeah. What about Hyatt at Tennessee? He's been remarkable. Blake Corum at Michigan has been outstanding. Corum as another guy. I mean, that then that's the word, right? Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State. I mean, those kind of guys. Everybody's obsessed with quarterbacks, but is there a quarterback that? Is Caleb head and shoulders above everybody else? No. So so maybe... Caleb Williams at Southern Cal, I would say yes. He's, he's having that kind of a year, uh, I guess. Uh, he I, hasn't had a moment, though. No, hadn't had a moment yet. That still could come. Hyatt's had a moment. He has. Yeah, and it came against Alabama with the entire world watching. Again, it, 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 maybe I'm just trying to outthink the room and like be, be smarter than everybody. I, I don't know, but... Why does it always have to be quarterbacks? Because who is more outstanding on Tennessee's team? Is it Hyatt or is it Hooker? Hooker's a great player. But Hyatt stands out more. He's uncoverable. He gets bracket covered and still somehow finds a way to burn people for 20 yards. He, I mean, his ability to get open is staggering, considering everybody's trying to stop him. They can't do it. And the crazy thing is, I'm not sure he's the best receiver on that team. He may not be. His numbers five are, though. Five o'clock hour coming up. Sports Talk Mississippi. We've got the college football fix. We also have Luke Johnson a little bit later in the hour. And uh, more of your messages on the ceasefire text line. Thanks for being with us. One hour to go with you on this Wednesday. Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. For the hook, Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borky. It'll bring you back. We're with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. You can visit them in person or check them out online at PearlRiverResort.com. You want to be a part of the conversation? Join us on the Ceasefire text line at 601 879 4395. Again, 601 879 Four three nine five. Be sure that you've got internet from Seaspire. It is fast. It is reliable. It is the fastest. It is the most reliable. You can get it for your business or for your home with fiber to the home. Check it out online at seaspire.com. 
So uh, let's just jump in to the college football fix, shall we? College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. All right, Borky, set set up this scenario for me. So the playoff rankings came out last night. Okay. And we've got a slate of games this weekend, right? Two things that are objectively true. Now, we'll get into semantics a little bit, but that's okay. Of the games that are being played this weekend, how many of them, in your mind, are playoff-implicated games? By my definition, and it's malleable, it's a game where the, the team either has playoff standing, can gain playoff standing, or lose it based on the outcome this weekend. And so that's a little bit flexible, right? Because I don't think Tennessee can gain anything this weekend. And I don't think they can lose it either because they're on the outside. So it's a very small number of games. So when you look at the slate of games this weekend for the four-team playoff, how many have real stakes on them? And then we'll advance this a little bit. Hey, Dad, I had a non-sequitur. I thought about throwing in. <laughs> just, just to try to Come keep on. it going, keep it going. I was going to, Borky, I was thinking, what is your favorite malleable substance? <laughs> um, peanut butter? Ooh, that's a good choice. I, I, it's a good choice. Peanut butter on pancakes, man. Mmm. Yeah, these are all great ideas. Games that have playoff implications. It is, it is interesting to me that in the initial list, Borky, with your definition... For the current four-team playoff, you do not have on this list the game that's happening in Oxford this weekend. Because Alabama, I think, is out-out, and Ole Miss needs help. They don't control their own destiny. And, like, I've got the USC game here. USC's eighth. I think that there's a chance. See, th- that game's a stretch even. Friday night, USC playing a home game. They're ranked in the top 10, and even I don't think that they can control their own destiny. So that's even a stretch. I I would say that it is... I mean, I don't know that this one actually has any implications because Colorado's so bad. But if you want to go to the negative side of it, it does have implications. USC eliminates itself with a loss. They do. All right, so Indiana-Ohio State. Clearly, Ohio State is on a path, a collision course with Michigan. And so that one is is yes. They're a 40-point favorite in a conference game. 40 points. Ooh. Missouri at Tennessee. That's insane. Yes. Yeah. Another fairly lopsided line. Tennessee 20 and a half. LSU Arkansas is yes. It is. Now, some people would argue LSU does not control their own destiny, but still. Well, and I, I think I'd. But they do, don't they? They, they should, but some people went, went nationally out. would argue they don't because of the two losses, but they should. Went out, win the SEC championship game, and they're in the playoffs. They're in. Yeah, and I actually forgot to put that on, on my list up here, but either way. 
Uh, that line has had zero movement. Um, it has stayed at three. And KJ Jefferson might not play. So, I hadn't practiced this week. Get it. Uh, so we're going to talk with Bruce. What was Marshall the line a couple weeks ago that you were you were so so adamant about being fishy? What was it? Oh, that was three or four weeks ago. Hey, Dad, what was it? It was. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember what it was. I, d- I don't remember. But this is fishier. It is. Now, I was going to tell you. I so I texted Bruce Marshall yesterday. I was like, "Hey, man, what gives? I I, I don't understand this." And we'll get him to, to go a little bit deeper into this on Friday. But he said it looks a little thin, but last week Arkansas might have been a slight favorite. Power rankings are slow to adjust. Mm-hmm. We need to find that breakdown on money in on that game. Sharps, total yeah. dollars, total bets, all that stuff. But clearly not enough has happened to make it move. Um, Nebraska, Michigan, yes. How big a favorite is Michigan? 31. So the two favorites in the Big Ten are a combined 71-point favorites in a conference game. That is, that is crazy. Um... Georgia-Mississippi State, clearly. Georgia's in the driver's seat for the whole thing. Washington and Oregon. Oregon at number six in the playoff rankings. Absolutely in striking distance. Is TCU-Texas the one that is the most interesting among the games that have college football playoff implications? Yeah, because TCU gets eliminated with a loss. And Texas is a touchdown mm. favorite against an undefeated number four team at home. Crazy. That's what it was, wasn't it? Hey, Dad, it was one of those. Uh, no. But that is the same situation that Ole Miss LSU was in a few weeks ago. It was, it was an SEC game. I'm almost positive. Yeah. Um. Based on what we talked about earlier today, North Carolina Wake Forest might should be, but I don't think it is. There's just too much ground to make up for North Carolina. So, what, that's eight games, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Eight. Now, if the 12-team playoff was here, there should be... Oh, Borky, are you asking a question that might fly in the face of the idea of the regular season being less relevant because we have a 12-team playoff? Could that be what you're actually getting at here? By the count, there are 21, or would be, 21 playoff-implicated games on Saturday if we were at 12 instead of 4. Going to a 12-team playoff, Colorado-USC would still matter. So would Missouri-Tennessee, Indiana-Ohio State, LSU-Arkansas. Louisville-Clemson would matter. Nebraska-Michigan, Bama-Ole Miss, Georgia-Mississippi State, TCU-Texas, North Carolina-Wake Forest would then matter. Arizona-UCLA would matter because of where UCLA is. East Carolina and Cincinnati? Because Cincinnati 
highest ranked conference champion. Oh, yes. Would have. Yes. It. Yep. Well, Tulane. But they Tulane, will play Tulane. Tulane and Cincinnati play in the final week of the regular season. Yep. Purdue and Illinois. Wisconsin and Iowa. Help me out on that one. That's a stretch, but... Um, Help me out on that one. Big Ten West champion goes to the mm. Big Ten Championship, wins, yeah. make the oh, playoff. Okay. <laughs> but... I need, I need my brain to be a yeah. little malleable on that one. It, it, right. But they would still have something to play for. Boston College, NC State, because they're trying to get to the ACC title game? And NC State's ranked 16. Very much within striking distance of... Yeah. Northwestern and Minnesota because Minnesota in the race in the Big Ten West still? Yep. Maryland and Penn State? UCF and Tulane. That game would matter. Big. Yeah. Washington and Oregon. Kansas State and Baylor. Stanford and Utah. So there's a couple stretches in one there. Off. Which one? Liberty and UConn. Oh yeah, Liberty. Liberty Wait. could be that group of five team. Are they still banned from the postseason because of no, the switch? No, 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 no. That's only a two-year. Okay, they've been to bowl games the last couple of years. So remove the stretches. Yeah, You're still game at twenty year. games. Twenty that would have playoff implications being played on Saturday. But tell me more about how the regular season would be adversely affected by a twelve-team playoff. Please tell me more. That's your college football fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Let's spend this segment talking a little bit more about Georgia, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss, Alabama. Spent a lot of time on kind of the entire SEC and some of the big games this weekend. Hey, Dad, this is one of those where for Mississippi State, you're talking about the number one team in the country as the opponent. There is frustration in the offense, and yet. Under the lights, Saturday night, big-time environment. At times, this offense, when it has done what it can do, it's been explosive. Give uh, give folks some, some reason for optimism, some reason for hope. I know that's hard for a pessimist sure. like you, but tell me more. Well, I mean, that's kind of the theme of tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning podcast. That I've just seen, you know, and, and I feel like I mean, I was guilty of it too when, when State played Alabama. But there's so many people, oh, State, they can't possibly do this. They can't. And I'm just like, do you think State's better than Missouri? 
because Missouri lost by four. So the idea that can't, I mean, this is college football, man. The can'ts get turned into coulds every week. We always see some crazy upsets. So that's there. You mentioned State has been good at times this year. They've been good at home. They're averaging well over 40 points per game at home. They haven't played anybody like Georgia. But then again, there isn't anybody like Georgia. There's just Georgia. They're the best team in the country. Um, I think from a health perspective, I expect Emmanuel Forbes back this week. He was back at practice this week. Um, expect you know Dylan Johnson to continue to, to try to be a, a bigger part of the offense. It should be a big crowd. You know, uh, obviously the game has been sold out for a couple of weeks. I do expect a big Georgia crowd because I mean this is their first trip to Starkville since uh, 2010. And thank thank you SEC scheduling that makes so much sense. And if you get the Mississippi State team that showed up to play, it's got to be a perfect storm, right? If you get the the MSU team that showed up to play Texas A&M and Arkansas. And you get the Georgia team that played Kent State and, and Missouri. You got something there. Both teams have shown that A, they're capable of playing at a really high level and being really good. And the other team, Georgia, has shown that they'll mail it in from time to time. Does that Georgia still exist? I mean, they're in there somewhere, right? I mean, this is a good time to find out. you, you got to figure that emotionally there has to be some kind of letdown after playing that game against you know against that team last week. There has to be something. You know, you're on the road in an unfamiliar environment. None of their players have ever played in this stadium before. There's got to be like a, a, a hint, a whiff of they may not be as up for this game as they should be. Yeah. What do you think, Borky? Is there the potential there for an emotional letdown? There's always there always is in college football. It, you know, sometimes people forget that these are, you know, 19, 20-year-old kids. They are human after all, but they have been humming lately. They they really have and defensively they're getting better. I mean, what they were able to do to a passing offense that is so much more explosive than Mississippi State's is it was hard to believe, honestly, that they were able to keep Tennessee in check the way that they were. College football gets weird. It does. I mean, that's why we love it so much. Weird things happen in this sport. Mm-hmm. This isn't the best time to catch Georgia, though. No. No. But defensively, you, State's been really too. good. Stopping the run was weird against Auburn because Auburn, they played hard, all that, but. State really lined up and shut Alabama's running game down in Tuscaloosa. Lined up and shut it down. What was it, 29 rushing yards, right? Isn't that the number? Mm-hmm. That's correct. And with Auburn, I mean, a lot of Auburn's rushing yards, sort of similar to the Ole Miss game that Ole Miss played with Auburn. Second half, they, you know, your offense has been on the field. State State's offense didn't do the defense any favors, and so eventually, you know, they crack a little. And that, that's true about everybody. So, we talked to, talked the other day about about Vegas and not giving Ole Miss any respect. Look at the lines for these two games. Ole Miss is eight and one, been playing great football all year. Alabama is not playing great football right now. They're terrible on the road. Ole Miss is a twelve point underdog. State has not been good for the most part this year. They had some moments early in the season, but these last three weeks have kind of exposed them. They're only a four four points less of an underdog, or four points more of an underdog than Ole Miss is. 
I mean, I honestly thought this this line would be like twenty one, twenty two when it came out. Yeah. What about Ole Miss and Alabama? I was thinking about this earlier I, today. And, and and let me let me let me set your comment up because I feel like I need to rewind two weeks when I was saying whatever you have to do to win at Texas A and M, just do it. And then who cares what happens against Alabama? But with Alabama having lost again, and some of the issues that they have had on the road throughout the season continuing, I think if you're Ole Miss, you you you're looking at it more as a free shot than a ah who cares what the outcome is? Go win the last two of the regular season. So you were thinking yeah. about this earlier today. So, and everybody's right when they talk about this. So Ole Miss is. They've got a tall task on their hands with their redshirt freshman offensive tackles who have been good. I mean, they lead the SEC in rushing for a reason. Okay, those guys have been good, but still, inexperienced offensive tackles against that defensive front. That that's tough when you've got young tackles up against Will Anderson. That that's it's really difficult. That's a tough ask. On the flip side, though. When you say Ole Miss hasn't seen a guy like Will Anderson in a defensive front like that, I'll give you that. But you also have to say that Alabama has not seen a a rushing attack like they're going to see on Saturday with Ole Miss. Apparently Evans is back to as close to 100% as he can get. Obviously Judkins. And don't forget about the quarterback. Alabama has not faced a rushing offense like this this season. Not anywhere remotely close. So when you say... Ole Miss hadn't seen a defensive front like this. Alabama hadn't seen a running game like this. Yeah, one of the things that, to me, was interesting that Cole Kubelik said yesterday when he was talking about the running game, because I asked him about, you know, okay, Ole Miss, obviously Quinshawn Judkins, Zach Evans to a lesser degree based on his health. Offensive line has been really good in the run game. They've also had trouble protecting the pass. And, and he said that Ole Miss is one of – the most creative run teams in the country. And I feel like that gets lost, right? When you talk about blocking schemes and what they do to give themselves a chance to have success in the run game. How do you try to defend that if you're Alabama? And what you got to be prepared for is to adjust on the fly, right? Because as we've seen so many times, Ole Miss does a lot of the same things on a weekly basis, but there's new wrinkles every week. That's why they're so successful. There are things that they will show, especially with an extra week. There are things that, that they will show, even in little nuances in the running game, like you mentioned, things that casual fans don't see that Alabama hadn't seen yet. They, they the do it every week. says Bijan Robinson at Texas is a first-round back that they have faced. They don't have the total running game that Ole Miss has. Nope. Not anywhere close. When you and combine. especially especially in that game when Quinn Ewers got hurt and uh, oh, what was the backup quarterback's name? It was like playing Hudson on one leg. Card. Hudson Card was playing on like one leg. Yeah. So Judkins has stats that are basically identical to Robinson's, and Texas doesn't have a Zach Evans. And again, the quarterback. You, you can't forget about Dart in the running game. How how good has he been? Really good. So no, Texas does not have the running game that Ole Miss has. It's good. Great back. Guy's going to play in the NFL probably for a long time, barring injury. But it doesn't have the depth that Ole Miss has. And then you look at Ole Miss defensively in terms of dealing with Alabama. You you get Superman playing quarterback. 
Although I don't know that. Well, I mean, Bryce Young's pretty healthy. He's such a gamer. He had the shoulder issue earlier that doesn't seem to have had any effect from that. But Alabama doesn't have the downfield passing game that it has had. Jameer Gibbs. I mean, you heard Michael Casagrande talk about him earlier this year. If you look at his numbers, he's only averaging, what, a little less than 90 yards a game. But especially early in the season, you looked at him, you're like, wow, special, special. He's not only the leading running back, but he is the leading receiver for Alabama. Sports Talk Mississippi. We're going to take a timeout. Luke Johnson will join us coming up next on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check uh, check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We'll be right back. It's in my face. Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, welcome back to Luke Johnson, co-host of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. You can find that uh, online at supertalk.fm. Grab it as a podcast. And, of course, Super Talk Hattiesburg, Super Talk Laurel every single weekday afternoon. What's up, Luke? Good to see you. Yeah, guys. Good to, good to be back with you. And uh was out of the country for a few weeks, but back in the saddle. Must be nice. Just pick up and leave the country for a few weeks. But, hey, we are glad to have you back. Um, let's start with some of the good news that happened while you were gone. Southern Miss um, I played well in a couple of games. They're sitting at five wins overall. And, obviously, last week didn't go well. But if you go back to, what, week uh, nine for Southern Miss, they uh, they, they get the win. And, uh, and play really well uh, during that week. So yeah, maybe kind of a bigger picture look before we kind of drill down on last week's game where things obviously didn't go well. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're five and four. I had to remind myself that at this point last year, you had just got drilled 38 to 14 at home against North Texas, and you were one and eight. Um, same <laughs> situation, Jack Key's out for the year in both, both situations, you know. So, you know, you're looking at where you are now and, you played really good on national television against the Louisiana team. You won five out of the last six. And let's just be honest, Richard, like there's so much parity in the Sun Belt this year. Everybody gets destroyed and has a game that they wish they could flush. And it happened to Southern Miss. The Troy game wasn't like that. Uh, but this was a game that, you know, you just, you, if you played it 15 times, you were probably going to lose it 15 times. And I, I think, you know what? Three hundred eighty-eight yards State. rushing is just like pops off the page. Yeah, but if but if you look back at the previous three weeks, you know they had given up like fifty yards rushing. They gave up negative six against Texas State and like sixty-nine against Louisiana. So I mean, it was like uh, Texas State, you know, studied that and found a, a creak in the armor, attacked the Eagles on the outside, and then had their way up the middle. So it was bound to happen. 
And uh, when you look at what Coastal did, I mean, Coastal got drilled by by Old Dominion a few weeks back. So the, the Sun Belt's had a lot of parity this year. Yeah, it certainly has. And so you look to the game that is coming up this week. Got to go on the road to Conway, South Carolina, to uh, to take on Coastal Carolina. The Chanticleers, first trip for Southern Miss to, uh, to Conway, about half an hour away from, from Myrtle Beach. And this is one of those that we were talking about when the, the transition to the Sun Belt ha- happened. You know, tri- trips like this to, to Coastal Carolina against an established program. It's been really good under Jamie Chadwell, but really big news this week as well that Grayson McCall is out for an extended period of time. I think Borky told me three to six weeks. So, uh, you, you catch a little bit of a break with an experienced quarterback not playing. Yeah, good job on the pronunciation, by the way. First time we had coastal people on the uh, on the Eagle Hour, we said Chanticleers, and we were we were corrected. It's the Sean. So so good job on the Chanticleer. But yeah, like right uh, probably around noon today, they announced that uh, he had a foot injury from Appalachian State last week. He's out three to six weeks. Will Hall got asked about that today, and uh, they're they're preparing for the system because I mean the backup Bryce Carpenter, he's a fifth year guy. Um, before McCall started in 2020, uh, he threw for around 900 yards and rushed for, I think, 400 yards that year. He's got 800 career rushing yards, and he's completed, I think, 64% of his passes, got a touchdown ratio of 18 uh, TDs to five picks. So they're preparing for a system. Obviously, you know, McCall is uh, one of the best QBs uh, in the conference, but, I mean, Carpenter can run and throw the ball. And so Will Hall got asked today about that. They're just going to prepare for that system because, you know, they know what they can do on offense. And so while it may not be McCall, you still, you know, I think a lot of teams would would uh, would take this guy as a backup for sure. So this is probably, to use a term from earlier in the show today, a little Pollyanna. But we'll go Pollyanna for a second. If Southern Miss finishes strong, they, they are able to get the win on the road against Coastal, um, I think what it's ULM at the very end, and between that you got South Alabama. South Alabama yep. game ahead in the conference standings. So with a win there, you could get a tiebreaker. You got to have some help on the Troy front, right? Because Troy would have to lose two more times to jump ahead of them. Is that a reasonable way to be looking at this down the stretch, or is it you know what? Forget about that. Yes, you want to play for a conference title. It's probably not likely this year. This is about just getting win number six and making sure you're bowl eligible. Yeah, I, I think probably the, you know how last year we had these heightened expectations going into the season and then there was like disappointment. I, I feel like when you're in the middle of a three-game winning streak and you dominate, you know, uh, Louisiana on, on national television, what happens is then those expectations start creeping back up. And probably, yeah. And I mean, probably if, if we would, you would look at a, a, a track record, you go three and nine and man, if you're six and six the next year, like you're happy. And I think probably people forgot what they were thinking back in early September, you know, when you had that three game winning streak, you know, in, in the middle. Troy, you know, they got Arkansas State and I think ULM left there. ULM's pulled a surprise before, but. Troy, it, you know, I, I don't think that the, the Eagles can catch up on that. So, I mean, it, without Grayson McCall this weekend, you know, kind of the line on this one closed from like left to like five points in like two hours. So, Eagles, you got a, chance, a better chance than what you 
had. And if you can get two out of this last three, you're at seven wins. And I've, I think I told you that coming into the season. If Southern Miss were to get to seven wins, like should you know be just super excited. Yeah, and and understandably so. I mean, getting to bowl eligibility, anything beyond that feels like gravy to me in this year. What what's the mood, Luke, among Southern Miss fans? I mean, there was obviously a lot of excitement during the winning streak that you were talking about. Kind of come back to earth. Maybe a little bit of the air goes out of the balloon after uh, after kind of getting popped last week. But overall, um, needed to see progress this year. Feel like progress has been made. What's the mood? Yeah, I mean, people just have to keep reminding themselves. And, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you're doing all this with a true freshman quarterback. You know, and Lang's come in the last two two uh, weeks. They haven't, you know, run a lot of the super back. They've run the super back, but not like what they did last year. And you feel like, you know, you're half a hit down without, you know, your starting quarterback to go into the season. And so I think perspective is is what Southern Miss fans – are trying to do right now. They just got really excited, you know, dur- during that, like, like you said. I think this weekend, um, to be honest, I mean, I think you're going to see uh, a, a variety of people. You know, Trey Lowe could play a lot. Uh, on the depth chart this week, there's two ors. It's uh, Zach Wilkie or Jake Lang or Trey Lowe. They're all in bold. And, um, you know, Will kind of tongue-in-cheek said, we're going to play everybody. It's going to be fun. And I think that's his way of saying they're going to probably try to limit some of Coastal's possessions by more super back in it, maybe more than they have all year. All right, so what about some of the comments about uh, transfer portal quarterbacks? He said we've not played very well at quarterback all year. He does go on to say we signed two really good young quarterbacks since we've been here. We've gone after some high-end quarterbacks that we didn't get. The transfer portal is not a magic wand. You don't just go into the portal and get a quarterback most of the quarterbacks in the portal are not very good. That's why they're in the portal. They weren't very good where they were at. I'm not sure that I'm on board with that sentiment, especially when you look around the country and you see like half the starting quarterbacks in the country uh, were in the transfer portal at, at some point. You see what Jaden Daniels is doing at LSU. You see what Jackson Dart's doing at Ole Miss. You see what Hendon Hooker's doing at Tennessee. The, the list goes on and on. Yeah, I'm, I mean, here's the thing. They've got to get a transferred quarterback in the portal. They have to. You know, last year, the, the Miles Brennan smoke didn't work out. There's a little rumbling about Plumlee, but, you know, nothing. They've got to go out and, and land somebody. Um, because if you can get hurt at the quarterback position and have your, you know, uh, quarterback room, you know, shook up, it's going to happen at Southern Miss. And, unfortunately, that's that's what's happened. And, you know, the T-Web transfer never panned out. Um, I, I do think, though, uh, that that's going to – the fan base is going to – you're going to hear that. And I think I think the coaching staff knows they've got to land a season transfer quarterback um, to, to at least put out some, you know, fires in, in the fan base. Because that's what people felt this last year. Yeah, any news on the NIL front with Southern Miss, how, how that's going in terms of kind of building the ability to, to you know, in a lot of cases you got to dangle that carrot uh, if you're talking about a transfer yeah, they, portal. Yeah, they've got some collectives going that, that they've announced. Uh, the, the athletic department does have, have that motion. Uh, recently Frank Gore got, got a, you know, for, uh, for a group of five athletes, got a pretty good uh, deal with some local businesses and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're doing their best to put that forward. They recognize that. Um, 
But at the same time, you've got to to look at when your backup quarterback is is a walk on, you know, and has been for the last several weeks. I mean, you just have to address it. But I mean, you you say all of that, and they're one game away from being bowl eligible. So I think that speaks to what Will Hall's doing at Southern Miss, and I think that's why at the end of the day, even though from the frustration, the people are giving him benefit of the doubt as they should. Luke, thanks as always. Great to catch up. It's been too long, and uh, glad to have you back home safe and sound. Thanks, Richard. Y'all have a good day. Luke Johnson from the Super Talk Eagle Hour visiting with us on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. We will wrap it up with you coming up next. Listen to that work. That work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. You find somebody that loves you as much as Michael Borthy loves television ratings, especially for college football, and you will be a happy person in life. He had this note yesterday, and we didn't get to it. As the ratings came out from games this past weekend, there is no game in college football and a lot of other stuff that has drawn as many eyeballs Borky as Georgia Tennessee did this past Saturday. Yeah, over 13 million people, highest of the season, and that's a massive number for a regular season game. Obviously, uh, for reference, Ohio State Michigan at the end of last season was uh, 15 million. So okay. it it approached a mega rivalry game with the playoff on the line, and this was you know early November. Either way, big big number. But here's the context. That is more than every World Series game. And that is more than the average NBA Finals game from last year. Now, Game 6 beat it. I think Game 5 also beat it. But the average NBA Finals game was lower than that number. So again, I say, college football is America's number two sport. Is there even any debate anymore about that? Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. I love the NBA. I'm going to go home and watch a basketball game tonight. I'm going to be hitting the desk when things go wrong. College football is number two. It's NFL way up here. College football with a pretty significant drop-off underneath the NFL. And then a plummet. You ever been to uh, just any amusement park and you got those... Those towers where it slowly lifts you up and just free falls you down? Yeah, Tower of Terror. you got to take the Tower of Terror down before you get to the, uh, anything else. To the man. NBA? I'm serious. To Major League it, Baseball to hockey? The, the, these are regular season games we're talking about. This mm-hmm. is a regular season game. Now, number one versus number three, it's important. But nothing was quote-unquote on the line. There was no championship to be won or lost on Saturday. Both teams still have a great shot at making the playoffs. Outdid every World Series game in the NBA Finals on average. That's a regular season game. 
When we finish up in about five minutes, about ten minutes from now, you will have Thunder and Lightning on the radio, hosted by Brian Haydad. What do you got coming up tonight on TNL? Got a full hour of just me, but plenty to talk about. We got we'll look back at Auburn, look ahead to Georgia. We'll talk some hoops. We didn't get a chance to talk that much on this show. Uh, so we'll do some MSU hoops, the, the de- debut of the Chris Chans era, and the start of the Sam Purcell era, which will uh, be t- tipping off right when my show ends. I missed your uh, I missed your conversation. How did he respond to the uh, Jan's pronunciation? Or did you not go there? I, I, did, I forgot to throw it in. Jeez. Jeez. Well, I'm back on the show soon. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Be sure to check out the Collegiate Collection, great gear, Ole Miss stuff, Mississippi State stuff, Southern Miss. You got some Memphis in there, some Auburn, some Alabama, Louisiana, Missouri, tons of schools on there. The fall gear, as we get set for cooler weather coming up this weekend, is great. Pullovers, outerwear, the whole deal. Genteel Apparel, you can find it at specialty stores across the state of Mississippi in the southeast or online at genteelapparel.com. Also, Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. We are trending toward a busy time of year in Oxford. Yeah, the, the school year, like the, the school semester, doesn't have just a whole heck of a lot left in it, about a month left, and you've only got... Two home football games remaining, but as you roll into the holiday season, you got Holly Jolly Holidays on the horizon. We are going to be in Oxford uh, early during Thanksgiving week, Egg Bowl week, uh, with Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll tell you more about that. They're bringing the ice skating rink back at the uh, pavilion, the, the city pavilion, not the pavilion at Ole Miss. Uh, again this year, and uh, so we'll tell you more about all that is coming up. Be sure to follow them on all of their social media channels at Visit Oxford MS. That's TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Maction tonight, Borky. You said you're going home to watch the NBA. You're not going home to watch Maction. No. And speaking of, so Maction starts in November, right? Southern Miss's former conference uh, is doing the same thing, but in the month of October. So they struck a new TV deal, uh, a cheap one by the way. Good getting out, Southern Miss. 750 k per school is what the Conference USA members are going to get. They're going to play midweek games in October. So the okay. Sports Equinox is going to begin for us in October instead of November. I love it. you got Northern Illinois, Western Michigan about to kick off on ESPNU. Same thing for Buffalo and Central Michigan on ESPN2 and over on CBS Sports Network. Kent State and Bowling Green. So three college football games for your consumption tonight if you are so inclined. Look forward to being with you tomorrow on a Thursday. Lee Sterling will join us. We'll get his picks going into the weekend. We'll look more at Ole Miss, Alabama, Mississippi State, Georgia, and more with you. Sports Talk Mississippi from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Thanks for being with us. Thunder and Lightning on the radio with Brian Haydad coming up next. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff, MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. 
MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.